Welcome to Heart of a Leader for leaders of yesterday, today and tomorrow. I'm Michael Woolvo and as always, I'm joined with my lovely co-host, Christina Foxwell. Hello everybody. Hi, Michael. Hi. And look, for today's chat, I thought we'd, uh, we'd surprise the audience um, with unpacking a new topic, which is... Leading people in 2021. Right. How so, is that? That's a topic. Yeah, look, a couple of things off the top from my perspective, just sort of some helicopter view down is 2020, bit of a tough year (laughs) for for most. Um, So how do we sort of reset that mindset into a new year, knowing that there's still going to be some residual hangovers of Mm. of 2020 dramas and it's not going to just click fingers and magically evaporate and go away. Um, But two pillars come to mind is around planning and goal setting. I love that because planning is is, uh, critically important. I think, so I'm going to keep that as a a topic for us, like planning and goal setting. Yep, put that aside. Okay, I'm going to hang this here. And then I'm going to just talk about also the key thing is to rebuild momentum. Yeah. Because I think momentum has smashed this last year. And it's because we can't actually see what's in tomorrow. So are we running in the right direction? Yeah, or are we just running? Or are we just running? And uh, I've been working on an interesting video. So if anyone out there wants to download it, it's called The Smell of the Place. It's on TED Talk. And it talks about culture. And I think that's part of what senior leaders and leading into 2021 need to look at. The planning is also taking into account the culture piece. How do we get people to help us carry the plan out? That's the challenge. Yeah, and a lot of the times, and we've discussed this previously, that sometimes a lot of that upper-level company communication stays at the upper level. Mm. It doesn't permeate down to really engage the people that are going to be the soldiers that actually help realise that plan and that vision. True, true. And, and do we listen to them sometimes? Because they have a view. Yeah, well, sometimes they've got a better view because they're on the street, they're out in market, they're engaging with the clients, and that's really what you're trying to leverage or monetize as part of the overall strategy and plan. It absolutely is. All right, so we agree. Communication is key. Momentum is key. Um collecting people to the plan is key okay so let's not let's stop all together and go all right i'm a leader i am winding down 2020 which i'm so grateful is done yes (laughs) i am now planning on being independently profitable in 2021 correct okay because this is what we're all trying to do as executives is go, how do we take our organization to what we promised either our stakeholders, our shareholders, or where we need to take it in order for us to still be here? Yeah, which is probably the, the more reality one. The last one is that's the real fear, right? Because if you haven't potentially restructured, remodeled or refocused mm. your business mm. already, um, 2021 is probably going to be quite similar to 2020. So as you go into that mindset around um, your planning and your goal setting, you would have had to have um, refocused your business in some way, shape or form. Yeah. 
And that's interesting because one of my clients has this imagine the way we'll work in the future. So they're trying to have a look at how to change their business to be virtual and yep. obviously face-to-face. Our work has shifted. So all of our coaching has now become virtual so that we can pack clients in from different places in the same day. And that's working well. But we realize that face-to-face still needs to happen in certain places with reference to some of the deep work we're doing. Yeah. So, and then having a look at how we generate revenue and how we plan and how we position. So talk, let's start at the plan. You're an executive, you're a, a, a managing director of an organization. I run a practice, not as big as yours, but I work with a lot of executives. Your colleagues in the marketplace are all executives. What do you think is some of the things around planning that's important? Well, the number one that before you get to the plan part yourself, you've got to start with the vision. Okay. So what is the vision now or the revised vision of the organization? So where are you taking it? If you've tried to pivot the business to go in different channels because of 2020 and COVID impacts and all of those sorts of things, what have you done to realign the vision of the organization first? Because if, you, if you're executing a plan and the plan doesn't know where it needs to go, that's the rudder is the vision. So from my perspective, you start with the vision of where you need to go and then you start building the plan of what is going to facilitate that. And then that comes in two parts. It's either top down and bottom up. And depending on the organization and how their approach is, you may do either or, or you may do both. Um, I know in the past we've had chats around sort of uh, going through and planning and budgeting and, and putting all these things in place just to have the hierarchy come in and say, no, I want it to be x exactly and then you restart the plan to go how how do i climb that mountain and then everyone breathes deeply and goes here we go again yeah which is where you can disconnect and lose the masses before you even get out of the blocks so i think you need to have both aspects into the plan so what is my vision where am i taking it where where are the sort of the pitfalls that i'm going to be faced with then how do i do a top down Mm. view so analytically, both from um, a numbers perspective, but also from a sort of a key projects, key deliverables, what are the foundations of that particular plan? And then a bottom up. So you're doing a granular build yeah. to see if both of those two methodologies work to the same number or what you're going to find is that there's a fairly large gap. Yeah. And then you start working on what is the plan to achieve the gap plan. And then you incorporate all of those things together in a really succinct sort of fashion to actually start rolling out um, the really executable parts that are going to help realize that vision. So here's a thing that I've seen build in some leaders because 2020 has taken us into a place of um, our stress brain yeah, or survival brain overreacting because it has. It, it could, I'm about to put out a self-reflection guide on some of this stuff and, and, there's a little survey that you can take to see how stressed out you are, okay, and how much you are in your survival brain. So as a leader, the challenge we have is to build the plan knowing it might not be exactly the way we've planned it. That's key. Because it's an unknown world at the moment. Oh, we've never been through this. This generation has never been through this degree of hardship. We've never suffered through a world war um, or any other drama that's really affected, the, well, it's the planet, right? But all of 
the world has been impacted by this and continues to be impacted. We've never experienced that before. Mm. So, yeah, how everyone adapts to it is... This is the challenge, right? So here's another thing. If our, if our survival brain, which is our reptilian brain or caveman brain, is taking over as a leader, we are very much plugged into our fear source. The challenge of that is we need spotters as a leader to show us what's happening. Because imagine you've got this brilliant plan, you've sold it up, you've got it in stone, and then it's really tough to deliver it. Yeah. Okay. So that angst that it might not happen starts hitting you. You know what this feels like, man, because we've been through crazy time together, oh, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> and that wasn't even it. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Most COVID was more pleasant. Yeah, exactly right. Um, the question is how does the leader recognize when they're in that place where they are no longer engaging their people to be part of the journey, but suffocating their people because of panic? I think you mentioned something that was really, really killer. And that was that fear source. Mm. Now, if you're going to tap into the fear source, which we all will at, at points in time. It's how we're wired as humans, ultimate. But it needs to be only a very limited time that you're in that zone. Touching, so touch in Because yeah. otherwise it becomes all-consuming and it becomes quite um, dangerous to the individual and therefore the organisation as a whole if everyone starts to have a, a fear-based mindset. Mm. Because what you're not doing in that um, element is you're not leaning in you're not dreaming, you're not sort of pushing the, the barriers to try and achieve the impossible. You're in protection mode, you're in fight or flight, you start to go and withdraw. Mm. And you as an individual, and then the company as a whole is going to pay the price for that. So it's a very delicate balance for organisations to, um, to sort of drop the hammer and push performance, but also nurture individuals. So from a leader's perspective within that context, I would say that the major trigger for them is how distant am I getting from the team, the plan, is two things, is ideation and collaboration. Nice. So if they're not doing those two things regularly with their people, so forget the upper echelon, it's, it's with their people, that's the major flag for me to go, hey, there's a, there's a really big disconnect, particularly as you're going to remodel the business from a 2020 mindset into a 2021 and go, Okay, it's still here, it's still around, but I'm going to leave it in the rearview mirror and I'm going to start pushing forward. The way you do that is, is ideation with your team and collaboration with your team. Dreaming. On the plan. Building, yes. This is where I think we need to go or this is where I'm expected to get from the CEO or the executive that, that had mm -hmm. put on us and this is what we're all employed here to do. Mm -hmm. What do we think, people? What are the other ideas? And the one thing we've spoken about a lot of times before as a leader is you don't know everything and you never will. How tough is that though? Because some leaders feel, because they've got where, they've, where they are right now because they're specialists, right? Because they know what they're doing. But then there is no really controlling or knowing in some places around some things. Yeah, well, and knowing that you don't know is, is probably the strength. Mm. And it's building the resources and the team around you to be able to help complement some of your weaknesses or your blind spots nice and one. that is a true quality of a leader where it's like oh look i've got a couple of candidates i'm looking to put into a 2ic role but let me put in the shit one mm. because i'll shine over them 
that's someone that is playing in that fear zone. It's like I want somebody that can replace He's better me. Than me. Yeah, that can that can take over from me, that can actually help move this thing forward because this burden of leadership is quite heavy. So if I've got someone that's equally strong that can take a corner and help me hold it, well, then we're going to move a lot quicker towards where we need to be and then everybody wins, right? And that's that sort of old cliche of team, right? Together, everyone achieves more. Um, yes, it's a wanky sort of slogan that oh, people have used. It's but more important now yeah. than it's ever been before. Because let's quickly talk about fear. When I'm in fear, you said this so clearly, collaboration can't happen. No, it stops. Why? Because everyone goes into their own little bubble and are just worrying about self-preservation. Self-preservation. So yeah. I'm stuck in that, we call it that puff of fish. Yeah. Yes. I've popped. I'm not comfortable. I'm uncomfortable. I'm fearful. Um, the overwhelmed spiral kind of hits me. But yes, the thing though, I've seen a lot of leaders and me myself just reflecting on past and even on this year, haven't always noticed when I'm in the spiral quickly enough. Oh no, because it's hard to recognize. Because you and you think there's different different degrees of it. The extreme sort of element of companies using fear-based leadership, mm. or we're just going through a couple of rough months and everyone needs to kick up the butt. Mm. Very different. Mm. But when you get into that sort of extreme-based fear culture, a lot of other elements start to come into play. It's mm. not just um, the work environment that is impacted. Mm because it's hard to separate you, the worker, and you, the human. Mm. So all of those human sort of qualities and concerns start to form another layer and another barrier, which is making it harder for me to hear others or what's going on around me. Mm. So I start to get concerned if, okay, if I'm going to lose my job, if I'm going to get another job, I'm in a pandemic, um, jobs aren't available, what happens there? So all of this noise mm. starts to circulate within people's minds as well as the business noise strategy is not working. I'm not sort of getting the performance I need from the team. How do I do that? And solutions aren't delivering. Yeah. Why is there a lack of this? Why is this not happening? So suddenly I look at all the negatives and I miss the opportunities. Yeah, because again, that type of culture or focus has overtaken like a, just a big blanket that drops on top of everybody and it, zero vision. You can't see it anymore and it's hard to find where the corners are to get out from it. And we don't do any celebrating. Actually, we're just doing punish, punish, punish. Yeah, because there's nothing to celebrate, right? Because we're not hitting the number. We're not getting the strategy. But when you're in that, that zone, it's important to celebrate the mini wins. Mm -hmm. Maybe the things that aren't going to get um, you to achieve that month's budget or you might have missed the budget by 50%, but you've actually increased whatever areas of performance that in three months, four months, five months, six months, that level of You've progress is going to get you there. So there's no yes. point just celebrating when you're at the peak. You've got to celebrate along the journey because particularly if we're talking about a sales environment, mm. the one thing that is sort of shitty about sales is that it never stops. It never ends. So if you're only a destination celebrator, there is no destination because you get to a really good month and what's happening next month? Good quarter, next quarter. Good year, make, next year. Yeah, exactly. You make the year, you make the promise, and then you're back in the boat. Yeah, and then everyone's all, okay, that's great. Let's forget about that. What's happening now in July? So if that becomes, so I actually put this in that document, that, that book I'm writing at the moment. If And Sean Akel, this comes from him. It's the happiness, it's that whole dichotomy around, I'll feel good enough, happy enough, joyous enough when I hit the number. 
And actually, I spoke to Hayden about this yesterday too. <laughs> God, I love him. He's a good uh, He's a good man. And we were talking about that. And I think what's so important, and you know and I know because you've been in this business space and performance space for so long, is that celebrating moment is so quick. Yeah. Compared to the pain and the torture it took to get there, yeah. there is no comparison. That actually doesn't, don't weigh each other out. And when you want to motivate, inspire, and engage the masses, it's the good stuff that fuels them. And the good fuel, which is the compliments, the praise that, hey, that was awesome, is going to be a much more sustainable fuel to get more growth than, hey, that's great. Yeah, but you're under for X, Y, Z next month, next quarter. And we still haven't done this. We still haven't made that. And it it usually comes in a lot of organisations It comes with, and I call it the slap and cuddle approach. It's like, oh, you've done great. Come in, have a cuddle, and yes. then slap, you're not doing this yes. part right, which diminishes the, the, the good, right? Totally. So I think what is hopefully going to come out of the back of, of everything COVID-related is that people matter. And if you're in an organisation that is 10 people or 100,000 people, it's the same premise, is people matter. So the more that you can corral support encourage guide listen to run with yeah your people the more your organization will be able to transform Mm -hmm. um get traction back Mm -hmm. and start achieving some of those goals that you're setting for yourself in 2021 um because for some organizations they might do a a calendar reset and go right but for some that's halfway through the financial year so Mm -hmm. i'm still six months to go as I click over to 2021. So I'm halfway through the plan that I'm trying to execute. So how are you going to approach that? But you do need to put a complete mindset reset with your people in regards to how you're operating and try and put the year behind us. So that mental sort of release valve is, is done and you can start to engage your people in a different way. Um, Because where we're at at the moment, we're building, we're, we're growing. We're being quite ambitious about our goals and objectives, like incredibly ambitious. And you sort of sit back at times when I'm having chats to the CEO and the team and going like, okay, so we're going to triple performance in a global pandemic and at that point in time, an economic recession. Mm. Okay. Um, but then you've got to sort of put that apart and just one foot in front of the other. What are the things that I need to do today that are going to be better than yesterday that are going to help me get there. And I think that's the thing. It's my, and we spoke about this years ago, my ability to plan and pivot, plan and pivot, plan and pivot. Um, I love that word pivot because pivot is not shame-based. It means it needs to happen along the way. If we're going to go where we want to go, we have to together agree on what's okay, what's working, what's not working. How do we take it to the next piece, to the next piece, to the next piece? And I love this. It's not the leader who carries it all. No, it's not. Well, technically, the leader are responsible for it. But if, you, if you're dividing it all up, the people are going to hold the majority of the share, right? Because there are more of them than the leader. So if you're thinking in that way, then you are going to spread. Fear, panic, yeah. unhappiness. And that's going to only end in one way. Mm. And I think that as you're going through this cycle, and there was an Elon Musk quote that I'll paraphrase in in a way that he basically said, like, 
stop trying to achieve your 10 year plan in 10 years, try and achieve it in six months mm. is you probably won't achieve it, but you'll be far more progressed than the person who just accepts it's going to take 10 years. Mm. So if we take that sort of mindset into a plan for, for 2021, that's going to be something that is going to fuel some people because it's acknowledging that there are going to be hardships. Yeah. It's not sort of saying, yes, as soon as New Year's goes, everything's just all back to normal. There's still going to be the same challenges. But the only thing that you can change is your approach Love to that. those challenges. And if you change your mindset towards them and process them in a different way, they change. They change. Um, you've got to say that one more time because this is the golden nugget today. If I can change my mindset, I have to, not if I. Yeah, you need to change your mindset and then the problem becomes different. Nice. And that's, it doesn't become insurmountable. Yeah. It doesn't become like the big dragon. Yeah, you're starting to become solution-based and the pivot-based mm. because I love that. Like a pivot-based is not waving the white flag. Pivot based is saying, check your ego at the door nice. and going, what I planned to do wasn't entirely working or working at all or whatever variation of that. So I'm now going to adapt and pivot the business to take in the sources of information that are available to me now that are going to help me redirect. And that planning phase that we spoke about as the, the opening topic is an iterative process. Yes. There's a master plan. Mm. But there are going to be sub plans that are going to be components that that combine together to achieve that plan. So it's not just the one path that you're going to go on. You may need to go left and right and up and down to be able to get there. So how you show up counts. Oh, that's it's the only thing that counts. And it's interesting because both you and I, I remember us sitting at coffee shops every now and again thinking, sweet God. Um, <laughs> because we, you're at the coffee shop or? well no the coffee was good but we were just reflecting on where we both were sitting in a yeah. space and years ago and then I look back and I think that those moments felt heavy and then I look today heavy. they were heavy like they were like this is not a this is not fun this is not okay no it's not even that. remotely close no, to okay, okay. <laughs> But it does show you what you're able to endure. And now, although horrible, mm. incredibly good teaching moments. Thank you. So it is going into those moments when we're so uncomfortable. It is definitely not light to be curious and to learn. Yeah. And like, I think as leaders, we've got to, we've got to accept one key thing. People count. They're the heart of our organization. That is without doubt the most important thing to whip them to the plan that we have created um, to push through that plan doesn't always help because actually it's, you're only going to get part connection. Yeah. You know, it's how do we unlock them within our plan, hear from them, pivot the plan, work together, share accountability, share the vision, share the dream, help them dream with you as to what they want to be in the organization when it succeeds, what they want to achieve, where they'd like to go, the learning they want to achieve, why they are here. There's so many components to that. Yeah, and if the leaders are listening to that going like, are you crazy if I'm going to do all that? 
imagine you're the only one that turns up to work tomorrow. Mm. How much are you going to get done? How is your plan going to be achieved? So start to give the importance, the level of importance to your people that they deserve. Because one thing a leader has to remember is regardless of anything that you do, it is catchy. Oh, yeah. So if I've got that fear thing happening for me, it is catchy. catchy. And by the way, I want to say this, the fear thing that every, every, I'm going to use sales, for example, everybody that's working in a sales environment from when you're a baby salesperson, fear is what drove you to deliver some of the stuff you did. Yeah. Okay. When we plug you into the senior executive role, if that is where you're going to lead from, your people are going to start competing with each other to the point where they are agitators of negativity. Absolutely. And Um, what you're also going to experience when you make that transition up is that if you are very good at building a team and a team culture, you're probably not going to get that level of nurturing and support when you jump up to either your peer level and executive um, level or your hierarchy that you report into. Mm. So if you think about sort of the chat today, your team can also be a very um, rejuvenating source for you as a leader. Absolutely. Um, and they can be there to support you and guide you as much as you're there to support them and guide them. It really is a, it's an exchange, right? And I call it the relationship bank. Mm-hmm. You've got to make sure that even though, yes, you're the boss and you're in charge, that you're making deposits into the relationship bank. So there is something there to make a withdrawal. And those deposits are trust those deposits are ownership those deposits are listening those deposits are hearing those deposits are realigning thinking those deposits are recognizing when the state of mind that that person's in isn't okay and they're going to show up in a way that doesn't help us but how about i say this it's listening for what you need to shift to yeah because that's the responsibility of a true leader knowing the triggers to be able to help and support your people. If you do that well, then your business will thrive. Mm. The plan that you're putting in place to go through the troubled times or the great times um, will be able to be executed more effectively than what they currently would be under that sort of environment. That is amazing. Not an easy place because I'm going to just add one layer of complexity. You develop your, you're you're a managing director. So you're developing this, and aligning it with your CEO and you guys are taking it where you've got to go. Am I right? Yeah. So if I have a look at that then and I say to some, because uh, you're obviously driving your whole area of the organisation and driving the organisation. So the challenge what we often face is um, we have our plan as an executive. Does that plan align to the other plan of the other executive sitting next to me? Because that's where the other dichotomy rolls in. Because I often think we get beat harder at that level with each oh, other. Oh, without a doubt. Um, and yet at that level should be where love and teaming starts. Yeah, and still a long, long way to go at that level to get to that point because the answer is, no, usually you're in um, fierce competition with one another and you're not collaborating to the level that you should because typically of the environment that you're, you're sitting within. So that is... That it's not a, uncommon though. Well, this no, to me is the most it's common. It's regular and it's an Achilles yes. heel of most organisations because yes. they have that, yes, every organisation has a competitive spirit, but I think that 
if we come back to that vision piece, I think the vision part in that example is the lacking component that's fed to everyone's got their own individual component of that vision. So the team that I run or the department that I've got, we've just got to hit our KPIs, our goals, whatever, but you're not aligning to the vision because A, it usually isn't articulated to you Mm. what that overall corporate vision is. It's just, here's what I need from your team, go and do it. Mm. And that's when you get the stick out. And that's when it's stick-based leadership rather than, hey, this is where we're all contributing to take the organisation. And then you get, you tap into a sense of pride with people and the workforce Mm. because they feel they're contributing to something rather than they just feel that they're there to sort of like punch a number and if they don't get it right, they'll be punted out of the the front door. This is that whole dreaming piece that we spoke about just earlier where we allow our people to vision and dream about who they are within the space of this organisation because there's two things for me to your point. We want them to be part of the journey but we also want them to understand their why. So I just want to bring this in as a great point. The why is why we're here, but there's different levels of why. People don't just buy into Ignite Purpose makes a difference to one person's life a day. They also buy into the reason why I'm here is I can use what I have so that Ignite Purpose can make a difference to one person's life a day. We're forgetting to connect the why to the why sometimes because... Simon Sinek stuff's great. Yeah, absolutely. But it doesn't mean that people can connect their personal why to the organizational why, and that's our job. Yeah, and that's the fundamental point of a leader. And if you want to be an effective leader, that's what you need to be really good at. Mm. Because, again, you're not working with a, with a corporate robot. You're working with a human being. And a human being has a whole bunch of layers that you need to work with and connect with and at the end of the day those teams that connect together Mm. achieve incredible things um, in the face of adversity so the question is how well are we connecting with our people and connecting them to the organization connecting them to the vision Mm. building a plan that is pivotable nice thank you it is pivotable and you enjoy the journey which again is, I think, another largely missed component. Do you know, I love that you've said that because I think there's some of us that enjoyment means celebration, means we are thinking we've already got there, so we don't do it. And that is uh, uh, the biggest problem we create for ourselves as senior executives. We're so serious. Yeah. But for me, enjoyment should just be you wake up with a smile on your face to go to work because what you're doing today or that week or that month, it's a good thing. You're enjoying yourself. You're getting fulfillment, which is probably another sort of key thing. It's not just enjoyment, it's fulfillment. It's satisfaction, it's growth, it's development. It's all of those things, but you're, you're getting energy from it. I want to say this to you. This year, I read Dr. Vivek Mathry's book called Together. And I love it. And I've listened to his podcasts. And <clears throat> and this is interesting because you know how they say it's lonely at the top? Yeah. Okay. If I isolate myself at the top and I don't do enough connecting with my people, I have to share everything I'm working on. Please don't do Correct. that. Correct. But true. I have to connect with them as a bloody human being. Yeah. Um, when that happens, I am not lonely. I am connected to a community. 
And I think this is something that is a really hard one. I, I've been wrestling with this one for years. You don't want to be yeah. too close. You don't want to be too far. You want to have that happy medium. You don't want to let them see you as their mate. And then it's hard to Correct. actually make the harder calls. Um, but you don't want to distance yourself so far that you're the boss and not the leader. Who cares? Yeah. And you can do both. Yes, and I can. think if, if you have professional respect for your team at all levels, and I don't care if you're four layers up mm. from, from those team members, if you have professional respect and understanding for people, that's that line that you draw that we've all got a job to do. Mm. You've got a job title. I've got a job title. Mm. We're all working at it. Mm. But if you think back, and I can think back um, at, yeah, the good and the bad times in the business, but a lot of the good times are the times spent with your team. Yes. Now to echo the point that you made before about the senior leadership team and your leaders above, not many times I can reflect where the really, really good times relate to those environments. And that is a tragedy. Yeah. But the great things, and I'm not, and I'm talking even some tough stuff that you've yes. gone through and it's not just work stuff, stuff going on in their personal lives that you were there for them as a, as a support that you just, they're the bonds that matter. And we talk about at times like we've gone to war together and when you've gone to war and you've been through some stuff, it has a bond and they're the bonds that, that drive you and make it worthwhile. And that's the benefit of someone listening to this now and going, you know what, I am going to start to do some things differently. I'm going to listen to my people more. I'm going to connect more, yeah, have a coffee, listen, show them more respect, show them more involvement, be inclusionary with them as much as possible because a problem shared is a problem halved, right? Totally. And then I want to put another challenge out there. When you're in an executive team, you and I saw a senior leadership team of directors who were competing turn into partners. Yeah. And it was the most beautiful transformation. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. It was because I never thought we'd do it. No, I thought we'd have to shoot some of them. <laughs> love you <laughs> um it's possible and so if you're a ceo a managing director here's your job yeah bring your team together and let them see each other and build community with each other because that is one of the key things that will align your leaders and their divisions to your strategy and help them solve business challenges together for me at that executive level it's a non-negotiable Oh, 100%. And there's a, as we sort of wind up today's chat, there's a theme that I like to attach to usually every year and ones that I've used in the past to sort of be a little bit of that compass and the theme around a new fin-year budget strategy goal is, is better, different, special. Mm. So you sort of sit down with the team and go, okay, well, what are we going to do better? Mm. What are we going to do that's different to the competition or what's out there at the moment? Or what we did last year. Yeah, and how are we going to be special? Like try and give them something to aspire to be, but help them form it. Don't just give it to them. Give them an architecture, give them a framework because that's your job. You can't just go, but don't I'm the leader, them. I don't know anything. Yes. Saying, I reckon we can get here. What do you think? So give us those three words again. Better, different, special. Yes. As an individual, as a team, as a business. So they can break it down for themselves, yeah. for their cohort, and for the whole body of the organisation. 
I, I want to leave it with you there because I'm hoping that leaders are out there looking at putting their strategy days together, strategy plans together. Yeah. Please don't craft that whole strategy day from beginning to end with just your thoughts and not willing to listen to your people. That is going to be one of those where they all sit and give you lip service. And then next year, when you're needing them to flow and run with you, that's when the marbles will start separating. Yeah, and you'll see big divides. Absolutely. So I want to challenge you out there. Put the framework together. Get the plan. Invite your people in to have a seat at your table. Yeah, help them build it with you. Thank you, because we are better together. It takes vulnerability, one of my favourite topics. It takes courage. And it takes that checking your ego at the door. People don't follow you because of your title, the money you make, the biggest dream you have. People follow you because of who you are. Because you inspire them. Thank you. So we want to leave that with you today. Um, I'm going to try and put a little burnout stress checklist attached to this, just so that you can download it and think, oh, sweet God, am I in survival mode? How am I showing up? Uh, we will put the three words down there for you. Give it one more time. Better, different, special. Better, different, special. Think of your plan. Think of current state, future state. What do you want to, want to be known for? How do you get where you've got to go? And please make sure that plan is pivotable. Pivotable. Okay. Wilbo, this was cool. Thank you so much. My pleasure as always. Mm. And we hope our listeners out there and the leaders out there feel encouraged and inspired. Yeah, and hope they're just taking, even if it's a couple of points out of it that helps their world, then it's worthwhile. If you want to reach out to us, please do. Uh, we will have our details on LinkedIn. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we are going to do um, a few shows as we move into the next six months. We would love to hear what you would like to talk about. We always have so much to talk about. Um, but we just want to thank you for tuning in. Yeah. And-